Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John as we unpack our sermons in the series entitled Ordo Salutis, and we talk about repentance. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Back in the armchair with me is Pastor John. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Good. Uh, back from uh, anniversary trip. Anniversary vacation, yeah. yeah. Went to Hilton Head Island and sat around and... As my daughter says, it's chilling like a villain. So yeah, we were just we nice. were having a very relaxing time. Very nice. I'm getting ready to do that very thing next week, but Good. not not in Hilton Head. We're we're gonna just go and go shelling at Captiva. So it's well, gonna that be nice. it's gonna be a lot of fun next week. So, but not for the anniversary. This is kind of like the before school madness begins, and you know my 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 oldest, my son is starting middle school. So it's the timing just to kind of reconnect and rebond, and we've got. Uh, this is maybe the first trip in our in the since we've had kids that's totally we we got nothing planned. I mean, literally, Julie was like, "Is it okay if we just like don't plan anything?" And maybe like I was like, "Yeah, that's great this time." I mean, I love the planned out trips. We get a lot done. I've talked about that, but this one yeah. is, "Hey, what do you want to do today?" I think they're the best. <laughs> what do you want to do today? They are the best. You wake up yeah. that day and say. Yeah. yeah, and even even you you, you're at beach culture. So, what do you want to do? Do you want yeah. to go to the beach? or You want to go to the yeah, pool? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do we want to rent bikes and go around the, bikes. the islands? That's kind of you know those are sort of the things that we're looking forward to. But it's good to have you back um, in the series Ordo Salutis. We talked about repentance this yes. week, um, which which you know is a and I, Jennifer, as she prayed, you in and as you addressed it in your sermon, this is a. a I mean, the word that you used coming into this morning, sticky, right? Yeah. It's a sticky topic. It's one of those areas. And so it's, it's I think, you know, it, interesting how we approach just in general. I mean, there are other sticky – I mean, uh, predestination and election is in that camp, too. I mean, that's a sticky topic as we – Yeah, we got it's that sticky as, in a different way. It's a sticky in a different way. That's sticky in a people-don't-understand-it theological way. Repentance is sticky as they get it. They understand it, but they don't want to talk about it. it because it's 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 very internal. Yeah, and uh, it, some sometimes it's internal, making its way into external behaviors and actions. But it's really about our hearts and our and and it's about those murkier parts of, of our lives, our sins. Yeah. Um, that that for for many people, it's just they're, they're hard to yeah. deal. They're hard to think about. They're hard to. It's hard to face. It's hard for for a person, for you and me, even to, to face. Our own sins yeah. directly. So when you're and, going into this sort of like, especially the internal type topics, mm-hmm. and there are others, you know, um, when we start thinking about addressing things like abuse that people right. have that, you know, or or neglect or uh, things like that. So how when you're heading into, you know, it's going to be that kind of, I mean, kind yeah. of a topic. Um, it doesn't surprise you that people might have this internal reaction. What What is your process of even before you're sitting down to actually because it's it's always floating around our minds yeah. we know this we know these topics are coming so it starts to float around our minds how do you kind of uh, approach that uh, if we just if we just start with the topic yeah. I, I think we we face a hearability issue mm-hmm. where where people people will just sort of shut down because it's so you know it's it's just too too stark so uh and and 
and so I so I'm aware of that on the on the one hand on the on the on the other hand, I'm aware of the fact that that not talking about this is 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 not good either. Yeah, because God gives us these topics and gives us these conversations because they're for us to address these things is is life giving for yeah. us, and so we need to address it. But we need to, we need to get it address it in a way that that it that it gets past. Um, some of the harsher de- the edges of it, uh, you know. Brian Morgan likes to talk about the, the use from fabric softener to get into these topics here. Yeah. So where it's actually you can you can it's very accessible. So the issue for me is making it accessible and hearable. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Well, and I, I think that's. I mean, that's. I think sometimes when we approach these topics, we have to be careful um, not to act like we don't know that they're difficult. Right. I mean, right. I think it's it's of course, it's easy for you, pastor. Right. Of course, it's easy for you. You, you But it's not. I mean, you you said it yourself in, in, in your message that it's it's not easy for us. And and for the congregation to hear that we get it like this is hard for us, not mm-hmm. just we know it's hard for you because yeah. you're such a lousy sinner. Yeah. No, I'm perfect. I'm yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. You're like such we're, like we're above. Yeah. yeah. I think that that there's a sense of just like you said it there's a you have to you have to present the topic as though it's relatable in in a relatable way but also that we are relatable in our understanding of how tough it is and yeah. and how difficult that is and i think that we get that this is that this causes some embarrassment that you know we ourselves want to shy away from those areas that are that are ugly in ourselves pretend that they don't exist so mm-hmm. i think you're, I think you're exactly right. There's the accessibility part of just the topic, but then also presenting in a way that we're not coming at it from a holier than thou standpoint yeah. uh, is is important because I think I think a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, get painted with the brush of yeah, you can talk about this, but you don't really understand what it's like to be a normal person. Like, yeah. you don't understand what it's like for you know, for me to be living this as a single mom or as a as a as a as a a, a person with my my abusive past or, or you know whatever that is, yeah. And I think for and that that dehumanizes the preacher sometimes. I mean those thought processes, but for for us to approach it from the same point is like, yeah, we know this is a sticky topic. We know it's sticky for a lot of reasons, and we can relate to it. I think yeah. we relate to the fact yeah, that it's that's uncomfortable. Actually, it's actually bad theology um, to say that about mm-hmm. the preachers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just bad theology because yeah. you know, the truth of the matter is – and look, we as, we as Presbyterians will especially hold this up to be true mm-hmm. when, when we have an understanding of the depravity of the uh, of the heart. Um, Isaiah would say that, that, that our, our best deeds are like filthy rags, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we ha- this is a reality. We're not excluded from that. Yeah. So it's actually bad theology to say that, yeah, there is a category of people mm-hmm. um, who for whom these don't think – these things don't apply. Yeah. It just gets uncomfortable for people because they want their pastors to be yeah. good almost, in the way they can't be. Yeah. Good, good yeah. in the way that they can't it's be. Almost yeah. sinless. You yeah. want your pastor to be sinless. Yeah. And, and and I think we have tried to communicate in our messages uh, throughout as long as I've been here and heard you. Mm-hmm. I've heard this repeatedly that we're not. Yeah. And if you're expecting us to be the paragon of perfection, yeah. you, you got we need to reset your expectations here because yeah. we or, or we need to let you know we 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 will disappoint you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I think I think it is definitely bad theology on the part of the hearer, but it's bad theology that they've seen modeled from other preachers and pastors, and I think even. Um, 
in previous generations of mm-hmm. pastors. They tried to live into this. On there the is par- a strain of the, yeah. the, there is a, and it's a tension. Really, there's a, there's a group of pastors still to this day who say you really can't let open up to the congregation yeah. about your own personal struggles. On the one hand, and there's yeah. another group that's like, "Whoa, dude, that's too much." Yeah, you know, there's another one that goes, "Okay, that's you know that they need to all they do all the time." Yeah, that's all you <laughs> that's do, right. and 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 you have you been redeemed? Has has grace been a, a part of your life? Is yeah. is you know is this something that you're 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 you're, you're overcoming in, yeah. in your life? And so we're trying to we try to find ourselves in that place in the middle where where yeah. we're not pretending like it's not real, but we're not we're not. Um, I mean, it, it's just if we're not healthy enough, yeah, that's an issue. So yeah. we need to we, we would need to be addressing that. So we don't want to come across as that as if we're yeah. not health, healthy enough. And so we just need to know no, we're healthy, and we're struggling yeah. with with these types same types of things. Yeah, and I think especially for pastors to present you know a topic like repentance in this sort of way, because there are just so many, and we've talked about this on the on the podcast before, just so many examples of church leaders that have fallen in recent um, in recent years who have yeah. preached repentance and then presented themselves in an almost too perfect way and then come to discover that their need for repentance was yeah. was was pretty profound yeah. and great and and so I think that's you know there there's this 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 tension that that uh, exists when you're talking about a topic like like repentance that I think we both addressed in different ways and with different uh, different you know approaches but the one thing that we both did though and we i know we we've talked about this previously on these podcasts and, and i was actually looking through this entire series and almost entirely through this series maybe with the exception of sanctification is the the main conversation on each of these topics is god's work yeah god's it, work is god's, god's work, work yeah. and in this case we both emphasize this is that mm-hmm. this is not like god's god's you know he, he's out to get us yeah this is a gift that God gives to us. We both emphasize that this is a gift that God gives to us to mm-hmm. to to bless our lives, not to harm our lives. Yeah, yeah. To give us, and I think as we head more and more into like the sanctification topic in a couple of weeks, this this idea it's a gift, and and you kind of hinted at it, and and I'd be interested to hear how you view the 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 relationship between repentance and sanctification. You hinted at it's not just turning from, it's turning towards, yes. and then the replacement idea. And I love what you did with. The 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 concept of as you're you're talking about Greg Ogden's uh, um, replacement uh, teachment teaching on replacement, but mm-hmm. then using the example of the demon possession where they they go and they reinfect you know because they're not they're not cast out into something else, but you know that uh, that concept of repentance moving into sanctification. So I wonder as you're looking at this, how, I, one of the things that Rebecca and I've talked about is. There, you can't not talk about all of it when you talk about some of it. So, yeah. how do you kind of think through? Okay, what am I? How am how I going to carve f- out a piece of yeah, it? Yeah, how am I going to carve out a piece <laughs> where the boundaries are not really boundaries? No, they're they're squishy, they are but squishy. I still want to talk about it at, at, yeah. as its own thing. So, you're yeah. you're thinking in terms of the relationship between like repentance and sanctification, which the the concept of moving towards something gets yeah. into the conversation of sanctification yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I think that that well just just to say it from from this past week which by the way I want to I, I want to come back with something to the, this idea you talked about the coin yeah. the faith and faith and repentance yeah. being a part of the coin and the coin really is, has a it, coin itself has a name I want to come back yeah. to that as well cuz I think it's a related conversation but for me it was just trying to say you know why is it yeah. that repentance is a gift of God Yeah. Why does God give us the inspiration 
to see our, our see and think about our sins differently. Mm-hmm. Why is that something that God wants for us? What yeah. is what is the good th- that is in that? That the, my main thing was just trying to carve that piece of it out, mm-hmm. and then just you know you can't and you just can't help but then we both we both tackled both stories of the you know Paul's conversion, Saul's yeah. conversion, and and, uh, and and repentance, and and uh, and David's repentance. Mm-hmm. You just can't come come away from that and see that you know it, it, it and not see how it's going to have. A, an impact on the person. Yeah. It's going to be life, sort of life changing. So, yeah. but it starts with you got to acknowledge it. Yeah. And so this, so the carving out for me was was it's a gift, and why is it a gift? Uh, that we acknowledge that these things are real, and that these things that are real lean into, and that's probably probably the sanctification part of it is the what, what Paul said in Acts twenty six was that um, demonstrate your repentance with your deeds. deeds yeah, mm-hmm. and so the yeah. demonstrating your repentance with your deeds that is in fact categorically in the area of sanctification. You're living out your yeah. you're living out your faith, but it's the it's the outflow from yeah. repentance. Yeah, yeah, and, and and as I was thinking through the whole idea of that as you said, the faith and the repentance, the two sides of the same coin, this idea that this is a this gift of God in faith gives us new eyes, again, going back through the washing of regeneration, to see where we have been dead to sin and where we need to be made alive in Christ. It's it's this idea of where we don't, and we both kind of use the idea of this this lining up uh, concept. You know, we, we realize that the way we are living or specific areas of, of where the way we are living don't line up with the goodness and the holiness and the righteousness of God and and that takes faith to do that and that faith is a gift of God and we talked about faith being a gift of God and something that we grow into um, and part of that growth process is the ability to um, confront our sins and have God again it's a gift and it's very it's very tricky not to make this Arminian in a lot of ways I love right? that you spent time with that I didn't spend time with that in mind that, that this is something that that um, we don't maybe it was maybe it's your faith sermon I can't remember if it was this, yeah. this week or that week or, or this past week but that that if we if, if we're not careful we this can turn into our our works our works yeah 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 and that's a faith conversation but also has to do with repentance too because we think we did it we did this and 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 this is where it's really hard to to explain to people it is a gift but it is a, it's still a gift that we we can't just sit past we can't just sit in our lives and say well now I'm just you know now I'm going to grow in my faith but I'm going to be off in a corner by myself and I'm just going to be you know doing nothing god compels us in our in this gift of faith towards the gift of repentance which is another side of yeah. that gift right and 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 there are things that from our temporal standpoint we do from an eternal standpoint we know god is the one that's empowering that you know god's the one that confronts david god's the one that confronts uh, uh saul or paul you know and that confrontation creates a crisis in the person and but then from paul's standpoint he says i was obedient to the call of God to do what I was called to do. So, so it's so very even interesting. Even what you just described, God God gives that to Paul. There's, yeah. there's the gift part of it. He gives him. He gave him the gift of of that physical blindness yeah. for those for those three days in order to. I mean, again, 
would would Saul have done what he did had God not confronted him with confronted it. him with yeah. it? Had God not gotten his attention? Had yeah. God not given him the gift of Paul Paul Saul in that case? Saul, where you are doing heading, what you are doing yeah. is not good. It is yeah. not a you are persecuting me. Yeah. Right now, this is not good. Yeah. That's the that's the 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 shift that is not origin does not originate in Saul. Yeah. What does originate in Saul is the response to that shift, which yeah. is the obedience. Yeah. Which is what you were just just saying. Yeah, and it, and that's to me it, it's um you know, re- looking at those two passages, and, and the funny thing, you and I reversed the order of how yeah. I approached it from Saul's standpoint and then thinking back. And this is a little bit of pastoral creativity on my part to say, and some people will think this might be homiletically inappropriate, but projecting what is Paul doing in those three days? He's fasting, and being a Jew, he's going through his prayer book. I mean, he's thinking through the Psalms of repentance, and 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 so I, I just kind of imagine Saul going back to Psalm 51. I mean, where else – I mean, what other idea is he going to, to tackle? Um, but those stories are so profound because in the one case, you get David's, and I love how you did this. David was doing something – categorically wrong that was not out of ignorance he knew it was wrong he was not yeah and you and and you really highlighted the story that nathan told i didn't talk about the story that nathan told but but that story highlights david knew it was wrong yeah the man who does this has done this deserves to die yeah i mean so he knows the the, the 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 gravity of it even when he's doing it trying to covering it cover it up saul thinks he's doing something good the whole, his whole life, he feels like he's upholding the sanctity of God and 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 the sanctity of the Jewish traditions. And that, but isn't that the way both sides of sin work? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes we're we're more like uh, David, where yeah. we where we know it's wrong, we're doing it anyway. And sometimes we're more like Saul, where we think it's a righteous thing to do, and yet it's not. Yeah, yeah. And in both cases, we need the we need some sort of confrontation, some sort of breakthrough moment. That God gives us through through a Nathan or through a circumstance or through a direct encounter or through a person or whatever it is in order for us to see rightly. Yeah, which is really I think in the end what we're both trying to to, to get get out um, is that is that there's just there there comes a time when we when we we realize that that this thing which we think is which which we either know already is a bad thing, yeah. and yet we're we're we got we're plugging our ears and yeah. closing our eyes and pretending like it's not, or we don't think it's a bad thing. At some point, we got we got to have a a breakthrough moment where we see it clearly, see it for what it is. Yeah, and like you, we both said this, comparing it to the what we're doing, how we're living, and comparing that with all honesty to the Word of God, and 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 seeing how how are we conforming or not yeah. conforming to that Word, and. That's the difficult part of repentance because it forces us to really take a very hard look. Because as you said, um, how many of us want the, the 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 blinding light on the road to Damascus? Is that really what what we want to happen, or, or would we rather God kind of reveal it in 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 a, in a more uh, I don't want it, I don't want gentle for, way. I don't want it for your children. No, no, absolutely. You know, no. I don't want it for my you know anyone that I know. I'd, I would rather them. So, so to never not know it. I mean, we had yeah. a baptism right afterward, and one of the things that prayed over the over the kids was that they would never know a day when this is not real. Yeah, when this faith in Jesus was not real, real to them. And so, you know, you don't want to have to have those those 
those um, blinding moments. Yeah. But you know, sometimes that's what it takes. Well, as you're looking, these two stories, you've got the, the the Saul Paul story and then the David story. Were there things out of those stories because they're so rich and they're so complex? Yeah. And were there things that if you're like, man, this is this is really uh, this is an element that's really an interesting. Uh, kind of shade to this conversation of repentance, but I just don't have time to go there. Oh, gosh. Were there things yeah. that you're looking at and you're yeah. thinking, oh, wow, this is this is something that I really could dig into more? Well, the the, the depravity of the king, you know, the, the idea of why wasn't he out at war at, at the time, yeah. uh, the person of Bathsheba. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of conversation in the church about was Bathsheba sort of uh, in a power di- differential and she had to do do yeah. this or was she actually desiring her, herself? Yeah. And so there's the question of, uh, you know, consent and sexuality that mm-hmm. built into that that conversation. So there's lots of things in those in those stories. Um, you know, with Saul, probably not as not as much with uh, with Saul as uh, although it is the you know, I did talk about it a little bit, the idea that what what Jesus says to Saul would have been fun to unpack unpack that a little bit. Yeah, why are you more. persecuting me? Yeah, yeah. and so I was like, I mean, you know, do I look at it and go, if I'm Saul, I'm, going, I'm not persecuting you. Yeah, I'm yeah. persecuting these people over here. And, yeah, and and so what does it mean yeah. to you know this whole Matthew 25 when you did it to the least of these, you've done, you yeah. done it unto me. So that you could unpack that a little bit. So yeah. how about how about you? Well, and I, you just mentioned this is one of the things that I thought about that that idea that concept where Jesus and I, I briefly just say you know he's persecuting Jesus through the church, but but really then comparing that to what David says in Psalm 51 when he's confessing his sin, he says against you, you only, O Lord, have I, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And a lot of people come to that and go, wait a minute. Yeah, you sinned against God, but, but what about what about Uriah Bathsheba and Uriah and yeah. their families? And and I mentioned it just really briefly. Had David been living in a way that was honoring the Lord first and foremost, he would have lived out that by honoring Bathsheba and Uriah and that. But really, to compare that to what Jesus says, which is you're persecuting me, and then like you you said, the connection with the Matthew twenty five. I mean, that's all kind of intertwined. Uh, did not I mean just no way to, to, to go into all that we had you know sometimes you have a, a lot of a fertile soil to yeah. work with a lot of, a lot of a lot of good good yeah. material to work with and sometimes you have a you know less of that to work yeah. with this is one where we had so much yeah. we could have done well, this done. is like a, this is like one of those it could be a series unto itself when yeah. you talk about all the different angles like you talked about just just a second ago you know what what was the totality of David's sin I mean we we and you both we both did this we we reduce it down to adultery and murder, and murder but is there even more to it i mean yeah. was david not being faithful in leading god's people into battle as he should have was was he taking advantage was it more than just adultery was it uh, was there something uh, more of a power was there an abusive power dynamic years ago i did a sermon um uh, on the life of david mm-hmm. and and made the case that that david broke all 10 of the 10 commandments in yeah. that ser- in that series of events yeah. and you know, I'd have to think back through what, yeah, how that how that played out, but but you can make that case. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I, I, I certainly have made that case that it, yeah. it's a lot more than murder and and, yeah. and adultery. Yeah, which is pre- pretty pretty which bad. pretty big. Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. is it? That's bad enough. But here's there's all this other as well. Here's a question for you though. Here's something I've, I I thought about and uh, and I was even I'm more sensing it and feeling it than I was uh, sort of actively thinking about it as as I was preparing. But in, there's the Paul talking to King Agrippa tell is basically recounting what happened 
to him. Yeah. And then he comes back and he says, so I've been I've been faithful to that calling. Yeah. Uh, at the end, he says, I've been faithful to the calling. Here's what I've been saying to everybody I've seen. And you yeah. see this, you read through the book of Acts, you hear Peter doing this uh, at the very beginning at Pentecost. Well, what do we need to do? The Philippian jailer, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, Paul all, all those years. But it's the idea, and this is now thinking about this from a preacher's perspective in this mm-hmm. armchair preaching yeah. podcast here, that that part of our work is to stand before another person or a group of people and and make a declarative statement. Yeah. Repent of your sins. Repent and believe, yeah. Repent yeah. and believe. Yeah. Repent and demonstrate your your, your repentance through your through your deeds. Yeah. Uh, repent, turn to God, demonstrate your your yeah. repentance. So what do you think of that? That how, how does that how does that well, it's, it's, resonate with you as a as a as a preacher, knowing that you're you, you, we are standing in this in this tradition mm-hmm. where the preachers will stand before a group of people and say, you know, in the end, however much we talk about it, we're we're going to come to a moment, and you we, we both did it, come to a moment where it is, you know, yours is like, how are you going to respond to this call to to, yeah. to repentance? And you know, I simply said repent, yeah. um, but it's still the same thing. How does that? It was so. It was funny. One that? of my seminary professors, uh, you know, I went to Reform Theological, and so there was a, a real bent against. I don't say bent against. That sounds a little bit too confrontational. But the just the concept of so many calls to faith are accept and receive, right? Mm. As opposed to what the biblical preaching model is: repent, repent and, and believe. believe, right? So, which. That's a different. I mean, Jesus. What, what what was his? What was the? What was the the content of his his sermons? You know, repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What was John the Baptist? What was the content? Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, um, like you you mentioned, Peter, Paul, repent and believe. You know, and demonstrate your actions. I think for me, that's always stuck in my mind when I'm when so when I'm. Uh, formulating a message, I'm always thinking, what does a person need? What am I? What specific thing am I, I, I am I addressing? What problem am I addressing with the people? And what am I asking them to change from? Now, will I use the phrase "repent and believe" every single time? No, but as we pointed out, I always say that God's calling a person to something, calling a person to a decision, mm-hmm. and that decision is always a turning from one thing towards another thing. Yeah. So there's that that built-in repentance. To me there's a built-in repentance every single week. It's, it's with every issuing of a call. With every issuing of a call because it's 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 I think it's a pointing out when we're coming to the message it's a pointing out of in this particular arena whatever that might be we have to address why we're not doing it. Um, and you you talked about I love the 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 we always talk about the two types of sins sins of 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 uh, uh, omission and the sins of admi- commission 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 that's right you know there's always that when when we're coming to to a to some sort of a, a, a message even like a, a topic like predestination and election I mean there's the concept of we think we're in control we want to be in control and so we don't like to talk we don't like to think that we're not in control well that's a sinful attitude yes and yes. that's something we've got to repent of and then lean into the trust of God's ultimate control I mean that's a call to repentance in that one of the things I think we always and, and I I wanted to address this somewhat in my message again this is maybe a cutting room floor would have gone into it but sins are not just actions 
right? Sins can be attitudes or stances or feel. I mean, there people say, well, there's no bad feeling. Yes, there are <laughs> emotions that are sinful, right? And and th- there are emotions that we need to like submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so, um, I think oftentimes we and I do this too. We we, we it's very reductionistic. We say sins are what you say or do. Well, no, no, you mm-hmm. can have sinful thoughts and sinful sure. attitudes and sinful st- political stances and and sinful motivations and and even right actions can come from sinful motivations. <laughs> um, I, I was talking to someone um, yesterday and asking. They were asking. Um, we've talked about the com- one of the common questions we get as pastors is how do I know if I'm in the book of life, right? That was the way it was phrased. And I said, well, there are a lot of people, and I talked about the demonstration of fruit. I was like, there are people that seem to be demonstrating the fruit of righteousness, but they're not. You know, so, well, give an example. So I gave her the example of people that do a lot of charitable things, but the motivation isn't to the glory of God. The motivation is the glory of self, even the good of other people, but that's not motivated by a love of God. Those things all look like the right fruit, but in t- internally they're rotten, you yeah. know, and they're you, not. You poke beneath the surface, and you right. see you see the motivation of the heart. So there needs to be a repentance of the motivation. The actions may stay the same, right, right. after the fact, but they're doing it from a different frame of mind and a different frame of heart, yeah. one that's motivated by the love of God and a genuine love of others. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of you know I, I, how I I look at that the call to repentance that we. I think we put out every single every single week. How do you think of those things as well? Just it's a it's it's um it, it feels like you are um it, it feels odd in some in some cases just just to lay it out there. Yeah, you know this, you it, it, it's somebody once said that Peter's Pentecost sermon is one of the most un un. Sexy, unglamorous, most basic sermon you've ever heard. Yeah, it's just like, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Repent. You guys are all terrible. (laughs) This is how we know you're terrible. (laughs) But the good news is you can repent and believe. That's right, and you can be accepted. And three thousand people were baptized that day, and it worked. (laughs) So, so it just feels odd in some sense because to live in a modern era where we nuance everything and get you know. So, but on the other hand, it feels it feels great to be able to lay that out there because as I. As I said in mine, and I feel this when I hear it from you and others, is that no, I'm I'm actually part of this moment. Yeah, I'm not just declaring this moment. I'm yeah. part of this moment, and I'm part of this re- repentance mm-hmm. mo- moment. And so I, I'm feeling this. Just, it's just like when we do confession, yeah. prayer of confession. It's like I'm not just mouthing these yeah. words. Like, this, this is the, a we. This is a we. Yeah. yeah. The, the the silence in there. That you know, I'm not just like making a grocery list in that time. <laughs> I'm like I'm thinking about. All right, Lord, uh, this is real stuff for me, and and I I I need you, and I need to know that that this I I need to know I need to be able to declare what I see to be real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the 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 world's not as it should be. The church is not as it should be, and I'm not as I should be. Yeah. Yeah. When you go into a moment like that where you put out a very de- declarative but also personal statement of need to repent, the congregation, the church, the world, myself, need to repent, and then you leave it with that, 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 that blank space, mm-hmm. for a, which is a ver- it's not something that we do often. Right. We do not leave blank space in services. Yeah. 
dead, um, dead air on, we call on dead air, but, a, yeah yeah th- but this was definitely not dead air I, I wasn't in the room but i i i be curious to for you to describe the air in the room um or your or 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 relatedly your thoughts leading up to i'm gonna put this blank space in this this yeah. service i mean because i, I I know in me when I've done those types of moments, I second guess it right up until the moment I say it. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Lord, stop me if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this. this Lord, stop right. me if it's wrong. Yeah, please, please stop me because I'm really, really don't want to do <laughs> I was this. But a, I know no, I was good. I knew. I, I mean, I knew this was. Uh, I was getting in line yeah. of the two thousand years of preachers to yeah. to be the next one to make a call before a group of people. So I was I was comfortable with with, with that. So it's really more of in the moment. Um, is pretty still in the room. Yeah. It's pretty quiet in the room, and I hope it was a. It was not a, you know, he just stepped all over my toes kind of moment as much as it was a very introspective. It felt to me, and again, I'm I'm up on the platform, so yeah. it felt like a very a congregation of people being introspective, yeah, and searching their own souls. Yeah. And if that is reality, reflects reality, I have to ask some people now. Yeah. Um, if that reflects reality, then it's. It, it was a beautiful moment. That's yeah. a perfect moment. It's exactly what I was, I was hoping would happen. Yeah. By Do the way, f- I, thought, I thought about I, – I, at one point, um, I thought about bringing the cross down. You know that wood cross that we yeah. have up there? Mm-hmm. I, I've come around my hang, hands across. I was thinking, oh, I think I might get some nails yeah. and some hammers and some paper and just letting people nail nail yeah. things to the cross. But I, we had time issues because of the baptism. Yeah. And It's also the, hollow. That one's not a solid cross either. So that they, I, don't know, I don't know that the, the it, nails it, would go through there. It, no, it looked look pretty hard, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, do you do you have a uh, when you when you put that kind of moment out there and you you mentioned you know you, you don't let your mind I mean do you find it hard to focus on okay I'm I need to be in a moment of repentance myself or do you find the temptation to kind of read the room and how long is this going to go and Sunday I didn't you, yeah. I, I didn't feel that temptation to read read the room mm-hmm. I was just sitting with it um, I'm a, I, I felt solidarity with the room if anything mm-hmm. so I felt like I'm I'm sort of thinking about something for myself, but I'm also aware that they're thinking about something as well. Uh, I hope they felt solidarity with 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 each other and with with me as mm-hmm. well. So so but sometimes to be to answer your question, sometimes I put it out there and I'm re- and I'm reading the room. That's yeah. the honest answer. Yeah. But Sunday I didn't. I felt like I was which sometimes that's our responsibility to read the room. Yeah. You know, that sometimes that's that that is our responsibility. We know that something needs to be done, um, and we know that, that the congregation needs that moment, and, and but we've got to be sensitive to the spirit about what that moment, f- mm. you know, feels like and 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 how that moves. Um, so yeah, well, you know, this week, uh, you know, we're coming into the ser- uh, the sermon on justification. Um, we've got some different preachers the next few weeks. Yeah. So yeah. we've got some guest preachers, and I'll be honest, I don't know where everybody's going to be in each <laughs> parts because it's a little I bit. I think we got um, we got uh, Brian Morgan. Brian right Morgan's now. in uh, Classic, I think. Isn't I think he's in Vine this week. He's in Vine. I think Brian's in Vine and Rebecca's this week. Rebecca's in cla- Classic. And I think Rebecca's in Classic. No. Yes, Rebecca's in Classic. Then the following week, I'm back. I'm in Vine. And Ed Diaz, Diaz is in, in classic. classic. And then the week after that, 
I think I'm also in Vine, and then Josh, and Josh Schweitzer, Schweitzer is in Classic. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted Josh to get some – some. Uh, he's been present with the Classic uh, mm-hmm. folks, but uh, he hasn't actually brought the word. Yeah. Uh, I, wanted the, I wanted Classic to experience him yeah. as uh, more fully. We had a really great experience with him on Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, and so our, our, some of our folks, uh, Classic folks, got to meet him then, and yeah. they, they seem to really enjoy him. Yeah, and I for think the, they will. For those that don't know, Brian Morgan is our former student ministry director, now part of uh, – see Jesus ministry uh, as uh, as kind of a, a local missionary, um, and, but also very much still a part of uh, FPC and the congregation here. Uh, then uh, Ed Diaz is um, just a local, local hero, local local <laughs> parachurch ministry guy who's been a part of our congregation yeah. for decades. He's, he's really well known in, yeah. throughout Lakeland, yeah, and uh, preached as well here. Josh Schweitzer is our student, our current student ministry director, and has been so for the last. Um, um, almost yeah. a year, almost a yeah. year, and uh, so it'll be good for him to get in front of the classic folks. And then uh, we'll get into the month of August, and things will start to get a little bit more back to normal yes. in terms of our preaching cycle. I think cycle. after that, yeah. Um, uh, so, and then we're going to be finishing up the series before we know it, and then we're starting a new series, which I'm not going to talk about just yet, but I do know it's going to be fun. Um, and uh, that will kind of close out our summer, and then we have a very busy fall uh, schedule and a great series in the fall so that's a little bit of a preview for for where we're where we're headed so encourage everybody if you missed this week's messages or any one of our messages go back to fpclakeland.org the worship page has the sermon archives and you can watch complete services there and if you've missed any episode of armchair preaching be sure to check us out on apple Podcasts, spotify google play stitcher or soundcloud the best way to do that is subscribe so you get notified when a new episode drops hit the like button and share it with your friends wherever they are as well too so they can watch the, the sermons and then uh, listen to the podcast the discussion and we're finding people every week that are like oh you know even people that have been in our congregation for a while discovering the podcast and finding Good. especially this series ordo salutis which is again as we've mentioned it rebecca uses the word needy takes a lot more to dig into than we can do in the 25 or 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. So um, this, I think, is really a helpful platform for people to hear the rest of the story as Paul Harvey Harvey put it. So anyway, John, thank you so much for hanging out, and uh, we'll see everybody next time.